0: Welcome to State of Unity Podcast, where we talk with people who used to live the ordinary and are now living in the extraordinary. In 2018, with a backpack and some inspiration, Paul Kennedy took off to see the world. The inspiration clearly worked because he never returned. His journey of uncertainty found its purpose of exploring what the world has to offer. All, thank you so much for joining me on State of Unity Podcast. I am so excited to speak with you today. Um, sounds like your life has been an exciting journey, to say the least, and continuing to be.
1: Yes, thank you for having me, Kara. My pleasure.
0: You. Um, so you are in Vietnam now. You're Your background is a chef. Am I saying that right? Chef. Is there a proper term to say that?
1: (laughs) Chef is good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, chef. Now I'm a traveler, Uh, a little bit of photography and writing, but hospitality in general is my background.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, And so you went to school in, was it in New York? City.
1: I went to, no, I went to East Carolina for hospitality management in North Carolina. And then I went to Johnson and Wales and got my culinary degree in Charleston, South Carolina.
0: Beautiful city.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Awesome. And then afterwards you were working in New York City.
1: Then I went up to New York and that's where I was living before I came to Hanoi.
0: That had to be quite the shift from quiet Southern
1: South Carolina. It was, well, I grew up outside of DC, but it's still, you know, I worked my way South. So I went to a small town and another small town and then back up to New York where it was really busy. Um, But that's part of the whole stepping out of your comfort zone. And I think moving to the South was outside of my comfort zone and then moving up to the city was out of my comfort zone. And then throughout the years, I would, kind of wonder where I would go next, but no plans. Just one of those, where do you go after New York City? Hmm. But never thought I, never planned anything. Um, So stepping out of your comfort zone would be, you just do it. And that's kind of a very, very short story of how I ended up in Hanoi. You just kind of make the steps.
0: Yeah. So did you have people in your life that kind of inspired you or they had been to that part of the world or did you travel a bit before you ended up in Vietnam?
1: No I got my first passport the a couple of days before I left. Wow. New York. I'd never had a passport. I was taking a trip. Um, I had the this idea where some friends of mine were having trips, and they would always talk about who to invite, who not to invite, You know, who would you want to spend 10 days with or seven days with, and it just became a headache. So I, I decided to use inspiration as a theme for my trip to Greece, and my friends who owned a boat in Greece, and they had sold everything they owned. They had a kid. Um, they bought a 47-foot catamaran. They had never sailed before in their life. Wow. And they decided to show their, I know, I know, right? Never sailed in their life. They go straight to a 47-foot catamaran. Um, but they decided to show their kid the world, um, the real world. Mm-hmm. So I made inspiration the theme. I chose to spend my birthday with them. It was a 10-day trip. When I left New York, I said, maybe I'll extend it. So don't expect me back anytime soon. I thought maybe I would go for like extended by a month and go through Europe or something. I really didn't know. I had no plans.
0: Mm-hmm. So but did you have they... like a, an apartment and a job that you, like, what did your living situation look like in New York? Did you just kind of cut all ties or?
1: I cut all ties. I told my job, I said, it wouldn't be fair to you because I don't know what dates and I don't want to have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I'd be hired back. Um, but I said, you know, I'm just going, you know, don't plan on me not, not coming back. Cause I just don't want that stress. I don't want to be there and think about you. I want to, cause you know, we've done vacations where it's a work vacation. We're always calling in or checking in or and I didn't want that. It's like, I, I've got to cut ties. So I did that, but I was on their boat for 10 days and we island hopped and they dropped me off on the beach in Santorini and I still had no plans. And I just stood there and said, this is it. I'm going to keep going. Hmm. Just, that was it and um traveled a bit met a lot of people they always kept steering me towards Chiang mai if you've ever been there in thailand it's a big hmm. expat area so it didn't everyone said At "Chiang mai shang mai is a place so i went there with these grand expectations but i realized it was very westernized hmm. you know their big nights were on hate like um a live band with Zeppelin and Grateful Dead, and oh no, <laughs> and sit on bales of hay. It's all people from the U.S. and Europe. No people from Thailand. No one. You know, the mm-hmm. bar was the side of a VW bus. Uh, they were serving French fries and pizza. You get my point. Um, so there, I, was, I just kept going. Um, and then when I got to Vietnam, I, I realized this is this is where I want to land. The culture was just instantly, you could feel the energy. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I haven't been to Vietnam, but I've spent a decent amount of time for someone who lives on the other side of the world, in um, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, a lot of other countries over there, um, most of them except for Vietnam, honestly, (laughs) and I um, yeah, the, the culture over there is just so welcoming and warm, and you just instantly right. feel like family. Um,
1: so friendly.
0: Yeah. So did so you find, um, were you just staying in a hotel for a bit? Or how did the settling into life look like for you?
1: Um, well, so I'd never stayed in a hostel. And so when I was in Greece, my, you know, still in Santorini, I said, let me head up towards the airport. I passed the hostel on the way. I said, why not? Let's you know. I hear about that. Let's see what a hostels about. Like, why do people stay in these so called hostels? What is it? <laughs> and um, what year
0: was this? Just so we can get a because pers- I think it's changed three, a bit.
1: Three and a half years ago, I guess I've been okay.
0: gone. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, and this was you know I was the first one in. I was sound asleep. I woke up to someone throwing up, you know, in the trash can. Oh,
0: no.
1: But I was the first one awake. I didn't. There's no experience. So I flew up to Athens. I stayed in another one. Um, it was the same price as a hotel across the street. So I was strictly going for the experience going, I missed something, something there's, there's something I missed that so many people stay in hostels because I didn't see anything in the last one. So this one was just, you know, smelly and people yelling at each other. And, you know, just really to the point where I sat at the end of the bed going, why am I here? You know, just get up and go to the hotel, just get it. You know? But I, I said, stick it out, stick it out. You know, the, Good and bad. Tell me what to do, what not to do. and I I suck it out. And I ended up staying there for three weeks. And I, the people changed in the room and I would just sit there and listen to their stories. Just like, tell me more. (laughs) And, and finally they pointed out that I wasn't doing anything. My goal was just to hear all their stories. I just sat at the edge of the bed. I waited for the last person to leave the room before I left the hostel, because all I wanted to do was hear their stories. But anyways, one of the guys I met, he was a digital nomad, and I was asking him what I could do. he said, every job you can translate to to be a traveler. And he said, what's your field? I said, hospitality. He said, well, not all fields. So (laughs) you might have a a tough time. I was like, okay, thanks. Um, but he's the first one who started pointing me towards Chiang Mai. That was the last hostel I stayed at. I got the experience three weeks worth. Um, so I kept traveling, and I didn't really think about work or job. I just thought it was going to be travel. And when I got to Vietnam, someone planted the seed in, the, in my head that a lot of travelers open up hostels. I was like, I've worked, in, I've ran hotels. Yeah, that's it. So that's how that happened is I was down in Ho Chi Minh. I felt comfortable there because it was the most similar to New York. And then, and I just kept circling throughout all the cities and villages, but I ended up deciding on Hanoi because it was less Westernized than Ho Chi Minh. So I actually did. I opened up a hostel in Hanoi and then I opened up a hotel and then I opened up a travel agency. Um, but it was about meeting all of these people and talking to them. That's really what I enjoyed. Just thousands of people. And you start realizing, oh, I, I came here on vacation, but I'm now a traveler. And I started understanding the difference and the takeaways from it and the importance for people to to do this.
0: So in your definition, what is the difference between a vacationer and a traveler?
1: I think... Curiosity and intent is really what separates you. A lot of times, like if you close your eyes and say, describe a traveler, everyone's going to say, oh, they have a backpack. Maybe they're on a mountain. Describe someone on vacation. Oh, they're on a beach with a drink in their hand. But it's really, it's not the backpack, definitely. It has nothing to do with staying in a hostel, definitely. That's about budget or wanting to be a part of a group, meeting people, but it's not about the curiosity and the intent to learn what that place offers. So if you go somewhere and your goal is to learn about their culture, then you're a traveler. So I live here and my trips are mostly still traveling trips where I'm just going to explore, but I still vacation. Mm-hmm. So I will still fly down to the beach with no intent of learning anything. If I learn something great, but that's a vacation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You understand?
0: Yeah, I really that's, enjoy that's that. My,
1: that's my fine line. Cause it's really not the backpack. It's not the hostel. It's not mm-hmm. what you get from it. Cause everyone can get something from their trip. But if you go there wanting to and wanting to maximize it, I think that's also key.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually stumbled across this conversation a couple months ago and we came up with this, basically the same conclusion in different words. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, vacation, your, your goal is more internal, right? Like you're, you want to relax, you want to experience something or just be in this place. Um, And yeah, the, the traveler I, I see is more, taking in what's around you and you're going more for, um, yeah, more for the outside.
1: For the experience. And yeah, and you can leave. I had a, a guest at the hotel and she came with these big bags, um, but she came kind of like I did. She left on a vacation. She ended up going back home as a traveler. She ditched her luggage because she realized mm-hmm. it was inhibiting her from from doing, from continuing to explore. So she would book these trips with us. She would get there, but she would want to stay there a couple of extra days. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel like she received everything that that place offered. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up downsizing, putting everything in the backpack. She still like kept her room with us, and and we would ship her around on all these tours. But she wanted the flexibility. And then she started getting rid of her books because they were they were distracting her. Instead of her normal ritual or routine of reading at night, she felt like she was wasting, you know, an hour or two by reading at night when she was in a foreign country and she could be again, getting more out of it. So she Mm -hmm. broke that habit. She got, she did all, made all these changes and she wasn't, you know, the tough part is you want to try to travel while you're young. She wasn't older, but she had difficulty with some of the outside Experiences walking 400 steps was not her cup of tea. Um, But she would still, she would walk, say, halfway up. So she maximized what she could do. Mm -hmm. Everything she she did, she downsized, she got rid of all of her distractions. Um, Anytime she was still wanting to learn about an area, she stayed there. She never followed the protocol. But she still did all the touristy things. So, but which I think you kind of sometimes you need that structure. You need, um you need to be part of a, a tour group to give you the outline, but then you can still wander off and mm-hmm. explore and, and and take in what the, the environment allows.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I usually do a combination of both when I travel. And because right. I think a lot of those things that they do for the tourists, it's, there's a reason they're so popular, right? It's,
1: right. you
0: know, there's some pretty amazing experiences out there and it's also a great way to support their local economies um, so that way as well. Um, so do you see, I'm just curious now, so three years, I guess the past two have probably been a little rough for you since the borders have been closed.
1: No, I love it. Oh, okay. So I'm,
0: I'm just curious if you see different trends in where people are coming from. Um
1: here, it's pretty consistent when the borders are open, um, but they've been closed. Here, we, you know, certain areas, Fuquok and and the Trong are heavy in Chinese and Russian tourists. Um, The rest is spread out. It's spread out, evenly divided. U.S., the big spenders, everyone loves everyone from the U.S., and then (laughs) Australia and Europe are evenly divided. Um, But any, any place here but I, I really enjoy it because I get to revisit everywhere I've been to and it's so nice when it's completely empty because they're still open mm-hmm. not a soul in sight it'd be like going to Disney World and you're the only one not, mm-hmm. not a single line for any ride
0: yeah uh, I've experienced that a few I places <laughs> and it's amazing well even um, Machu Picchu, I did this past fall, and their capacity was supposedly half of what it normally is, which blew my mind right. because it was insane. It was so busy and so crowded. I'm like, I cannot imagine twice as many people here. So grateful.
1: <laughs> yeah. And these, yeah, these, and that's also a plus sometimes about taking the tours is they can maneuver you in and out uh, around mm-hmm. the crowds and a little bit quicker. So there's definitely a lot of pluses to the tours. A lot. Mm -hmm. I think a a good mix evenly divided is the way to go
0: totally yeah and then I love you know when you meet locals too and they know about things that it's just the local stuff and so you know whether it's a restaurant or a hike or you know even out in um, Hawaii going on uh, a lava tube which is just like these massive underground caves that nobody knows about but because you hook up with a local not hook up literally you know what I mean (laughs) I might have to edit that out. <laughs> what,
1: what, what kind of podcast is this?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, but just being able to, to connect with somebody who lives there and find things that they're passionate about because everybody, you know, they love where they're from and they love sharing it with others. So when you find those people and, and they're excited to share those things with you, um, those are those have been some of my favorite experiences while traveling, I think.
1: I agree. And, and those people, if you can get them to be your tour guide or yeah. unofficial, informal tour guide, because typically they make less money in a lot of these countries. So they'd be for me, they've been more than happy to be like, oh, I'll show you everything you want to see. So a lot of times I'll do the tours and then I'll do a whole like five times more things with a local mm-hmm. who in and out, because if you don't like it, you just keep going. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a mix. Definitely yeah. a mix.
0: Yeah. So um, you are working on publishing a book this year. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Hopefully the end of this year will be out, but I don't have a date yet.
0: Okay. And but it's that, done. What is the focus of it?
1: So it's a cookbook. It's authentic recipes, Vietnamese recipes. But the goal is, I think you have the same desire. It's to try to inspire people to travel. So I'm trying to pique their interest in the Vietnamese culture. So my joke is, is that we, um, we didn't learn in school that much about Vietnam. Outside of Vietnam War? No, nothing,
0: nothing, <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Hanoi, Hanoi Zane and John McCain um, the, and the war, all the same. Um, so we really don't know that much about it, but it's such an interesting and culturally rich area. Um, but I didn't want to make it a, a historical research book. So I thought the recipes, because that too, everything in normal, normal, um, Vietnamese food in America is Americanized. Just like American food here is, is changed so that the locals like it. It's just normal. Chinese mm-hmm. food is not the same in China as it is in the U.S. Um, so I tried to, I did authentic recipes and then I, would include tidbits about the culture that might pique your interest into, if not traveling here to just traveling somewhere, mm. because it really is interesting. You learn so much. And when you travel, you understand people better. And that's the kind of goal. It's a crash course in empathy when you travel. Mm. And, and there's, you know, there's many pluses. And, and I know there's a lot of excuses. So if people can overcome their excuses, I think there's a lot to learn and experience. So yeah, inspiration.
0: Excuses regarding
1: and why why they can't travel. Okay, I've got kids. Sure, okay. Well, if you have any relatives, you can watch them for you know a couple weeks. Or finances. Well, didn't you go to you know fly to two weddings and go on vacation last year because it's cheaper for me to fly round trip Vietnam and in the states than it is round trip New York to Charleston. Mm-hmm. And it's much cheaper to stay here and travel here. So it's, it's definitely not cheaper. It's usually just a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. That's most people's biggest fear is a fear of the unknown. And then they start making up excuses. So I just want to encourage them and inspire them, make them realize that there is, there's more benefits than just seeing the sights, especially if you travel by yourself. Now, I know that's tough and a lot of people are afraid of it but it's really not that scary and it, it will change you a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. When that, I mean, that's kind of the whole foundation of state of unity is helping people who are in that place, right. Where they're, they're wanting to go out and try it, but fear of doing it alone can be pretty overwhelming, especially in foreign countries. So, you know, that's what my goal is, is to give them a place where they can have that experience and not right. have to deal with the fear of missing a step or having to plan everything. You know, all of those details that can be so overwhelming. Um,
1: Instead of you, it's a, a perfect stepping stone for this. And for people that are afraid, you can couple the two. Just like we are talking about, you can still venture off on your own when you have, um, a, you're with the tour. You can mm-hmm. still do both. Right. You can use that as your crutch and you can use that as your assistance to help you get out of that, break out of that shell. Mm-hmm. But you need to do it because if you ask anyone how their vacation was, it's always, it was good. It was really nice. It was relaxing. <laughs> if you ask anyone who traveled, it's usually so such an experience that they can't put it in words. It takes them years to put it in words. Yeah, And that's going to kind of be a telling point that, a vacation is oh, it's good. It's really good. It's nice. Mm-hmm. How was your uh, traveling? Uh, oh my god, oh, you know, that's it. Yeah. It's just it's an experience that they can't even articulate it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, for myself, anyway, I notice it continues to transform me for even months after I return. Sometimes, so there's the changes that I notice right away, and then there's the deeper thing, like you know, whether it's mindset or I don't even know how to put it into words, but it's, it's see. (laughs) Yeah. Transforming.
1: (laughs) That's the example is it's just, it's so overwhelming and it's, it implements such changes within you that it's tough to wrap your head around. Mm
0: -hmm. It's
1: that big because it to experience another culture to the point where you understand this, that a culture that's so different, so radically different, yeah. that you can also see all of the similarities. That's the course in empathy, because we are so, everything's so different here. But every time I explain something to someone at home, I say, it's the same, but different. It's completely <laughs> the same, but completely different. So it helps you understand people. It really yeah. does.
0: I, I love that. And I, I agree. I feel like the more I travel, the more I see how everything is the same. You know, it's, exactly. it's just another city. It's you know, a family, a group of friends, whatever. It just might look a little different, but it really helps remove the biases and the belief that my ways are right and these ways are wrong. Because you see how all the other ways work just as well as your ways. That it just it's not what you're used to. And so it, it's becoming comfortable with that uncomfortableness.
1: And when I hear people in the news these days talk about socialism and capitalism, or um, communism uh, with the political parties, um, and I, I'm living in it and I'm thinking, you guys have no clue. You're so afraid of th- something that you have no clue what it's really like, you know? But it's that fear of the unknown. And I don't mm-hmm. wanna get into the politics, but it's all tied together. It's, we're all, it's all really the same. All the countries really run pretty much the same. There are some big differences. Don't get me wrong, but life in general and the people in general, uh, what we do is, is too similar mm-hmm. to not understand people.
0: Yeah. Love it. This has been, I feel like I could talk with you all day <laughs> or all night in your case, since you're 12 hours
1: ahead of me. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, is there anything else I just want to ask? Anything we can do to help support you? Anything else you're working on that you'd like to share?
1: No. If anyone wants to um, find out when the book is released, they can look at the website. There's a place to enter your email and I'll notify you. Um, but other than that, no. If you want, if anyone wants to stay in contact on social media, my social media is on my website, Paul V Kennedy. Uh, I'd love to hear any good stories and connect with anyone who has good stories. That's always enlightening for me. And yeah, nothing else, really. I hope okay. to inspire people to travel.
0: Well, then I, I do like to close out with one final question. And that is, if you were to be gifted a sailboat to sail around the world in, and your only job is to learn or to name it, what would you name it?
1: Um, probably inspiration, but then that would make it sound like I just found religion. Um, so maybe Inspiration monkey or something funny to make it not <laughs> seem like I found religion, but still want to inspire people and make them laugh. Inspiration monkey, maybe.
0: Okay, I like it. That would make me <laughs> want to ask a question. So mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Excellent. Inspiration monkey.
0: <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thank you again for your time. Um, I definitely want to stay connected thank you. with you. Because I'm hoping this year restrictions will lift and I'll be able to get a group over to that side of the world within the next year.
1: Um, March 15th, they lift them. Really? Well, although this is, you know, so they will change it probably on March 14th. sixteenth. You know, yeah. see,
0: that's the trend, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but right and now, March I'm... 15th is the date.
0: Okay. Right I, th- I think regardless, by the end of this year, I feel like... We're, we're kind of we're working our way through it we're almost home run or home stretch now
1: yeah, this is it yeah. this is it businesses are open here
0: so mm-hmm. yeah. well thank you again for your time
1: it was like a pleasure staying. thank you for having me and it it's great talking to you Sarah.
0: thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode please remember to like subscribe and share our goal is to help encourage people to live extraordinary be sure to check out stateofunity.org for any upcoming trips and stay connected. See you next week.